0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today on the show, joining me is Carl Walsh. He is the CEO at Bodybuilding.com. And we get into a conversation about really creating a company that is customer-centric. And as you market and as you start to put out messaging, making sure that it is... The customer at the center of the lens when you look at it. So I love this conversation. Carl brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to this episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. If you are into fitness at all, this is definitely going to be an episode for you. But yeah, enjoy this one. And before we get into the show, as always, this show is brought to you by CAVE. We are a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow primarily through social media. So if you need help with any of that, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out. All righty. Now let's sit back, enjoy this episode. Oh. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is Carl Walsh. He is the CEO at Bodybuilding.com. Carl, how you doing?
1: I'm good, Jordan. Thanks so much for having
0: me. I'm excited to have you here and to get into really how to look at things through a customer-centric lens, right? And how to do that through multiple facets of the business. But before we get into that, I want to pass the mic to you and just kind of hear your story. How did you find your way to bodybuilding.com? Um Yeah. And lay that out for us. And then we'll hop into kind of, you know, some of the the roadmaps and and growth that you guys have experienced and challenges that you're pushing through.
1: Sure. Well, it's been a long and winding road to become a CEO of bodybuilding.com because I grew up in Dublin, Ireland, grew up playing rugby and soccer, was always a fitness fanatic. When I graduated from college, I went to Accenture and worked in tech. And after five or six years of tech, I had a thirst for more. And I moved to New York and did an MBA with a view to getting into retail and marketing. What I found when I when I left business school, I joined McKinsey & Company. I found that my understanding of the marketing world plus my tech background lent itself to e-commerce. I found myself doing a lot of e-commerce work while at McKinsey. I left McKinsey after a few years and I co-founded and built two companies, one in digital marketing, one in e-commerce, one successful, one was a little choppier, but you learn as much from the choppy ones, to be honest with you, as you do from the successful ones. And after exiting one of those, I joined BCG in a leadership Role to help with their digital and e-commerce thinking. And the person who hired me to BCG had been my boss at McKinsey previously. So it's going back to a familiar spot. And out of that, actually, got an interesting break where Pandora Jewelry were my client in Copenhagen. And their CEO called me up out of the blue and said, come be our chief digital officer and, and help me build my e com business. So I did that for a couple of years. A lot of fun. Based in LA, though, our offices were in Baltimore, Hong Kong, and uh, Copenhagen. A couple of years was enough. Got a lot of air miles. My wife still travels on them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I joined JCPenney. And I worked for Jill Salto there for a year trying to help the company get out of bankruptcy. It was it was super interesting because not only was I running e-commerce there to help get the company out of bankruptcy, but it was at a time when stores were closed. So a lot of pressure, a lot of fun, very rewarding. And while I was there, Jam Najafi, who owns um, Bodybuilding.com, approached me and said, do you want to come and work at Bodybuilding.com? And I said, I can't. I have an agreement with this company, but it runs till January. And he said, well, we'll talk in January. And uh, that's how I ended up coming here.
0: Amazing. So, when that opportunity, that the contract opened, was over, and it opened up, were you like, "All right, it's it's game on, time to rock and roll, and, and take this"? Or were there other options? Or yeah, where was your headspace at that time?
1: Yeah. So, I had a couple of very big offers from large U.S. corporations, global corporations in the sporting world, but were more lucrative on paper. One of them, you know, the company had offices in in Europe, in Asia, and actually in Baltimore. And my wife and I discussed it and said, you know what, we've seen this movie. And yes, your resume will look better. And people on LinkedIn will go, wow, he's at the top of the world, but let's do something that I'm passionate about and fun. And Jam Najafi, who owns bodybuilding.com, he's a wonderful guy, very value-driven, and somebody I could imagine working for for the next 10, 15 years. And then obviously being a fitness fanatic, You know, this space really interested me. So I made a decision for myself instead of, I guess, for LinkedIn and the short-term bank balance.
0: I love it, right? Finding those positions that align with your values and your passions and Kind of saying no to the ego, right? If you've been there, done that, got the t shirt when it comes to traveling all over the world for business, to me, that gets old very fast being in those hotel rooms and across the world and zooming back and forth. So I'm happy to hear that you got to bodybuilding.com and were able to, you know, spend some time in LA. (laughs) Exactly. And we had
1: a son last year. So, you know, timing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, congratulations. Now I want to shift a little bit and I want to talk about. How you're approaching, when you came into bodybuilding.com, I want to talk about, and we spoke a little bit off air about this, about how things in the industry had been vendor-led and now you kind of have to switch to look through the the customer lens. So lay a little bit of context out for me on what the space was like beforehand and some of those shifts that have happened in the messaging and in the way you handle problems, customer issues, et cetera, to really make them more customer-centric.
1: Yeah, well, you got to go back, Jordan, to when bodybuilding.com was founded, and Ryan DeLuca did an incredible job building the business. But at that time, a lot of the work the company did was content driven and actually creating brands. So Jim Stefani is one of the brands, but was born out of bodybuilding.com it's jim's brand but we helped build it right so what you're bringing to your consumer at this point in time is a new set of supplements for goals but you can help them achieve right so that's customers are coming and saying this is wonderful you helping me figure out what i need to do and you're telling me who to do it with so i did some customer calls to um early in my tenure to, cus- to ask people like why do you shop us and, and one one lady said to me i shop you because you carry." The gym brand and that's the brand i like and i said why do you like the gym brand she goes well i googled you know things to get me fit during covid and found your site and you guys told me to like the gym brand i said okay so you <laughs> shop us because we have gym but you shop gym because we told you to mm-hmm. and that's kind of the whobodybuilding.com always has been so when i look at the way we're operating today you know and our vendors are wonderful and they want to help us grow and we want to help them grow on our platform and all that remains true but the way we talk to consumers is very much around what brand at what price So for our core consumer who knows what brand they want, that's great, right? They're coming in, they're saying, I'm an animal shopper. You have animal, it's 20% off today, I'll take it. But if it's not 20% off, maybe I'll come back, right? Because you'll invariably run a sale eventually. So that's a vendor-led business model where they decide when they want to grow on our site, we get discounts accordingly, and we grow their brands at those moments. But for a new shopper coming in, that doesn't differentiate us right? And it doesn't help them. So when you think about people like the lady who told me she Googled how to get fit during COVID, when you come to our site, if you just see brands that are percent off, we're not helping you. But if we said, hey, for a female... Athletes who want to get fit, we recommend this supplementation regime. And here's some brand options we have and why you would take each of them versus each other. And it can be a value play, it can be a quality play, it can be how intense it is. Now you're helping the consumer figure out which one to buy. And then, by the way, you can have the 20% off. I'm not saying we'll stop doing discounts. We still got to give that value to our consumer. But it's what internally I call the dual value proposition. And dual meaning one side has to be the why you want this product, period. And then the second side of it is why buy it right now. And that can be price but it can't be just this product at this price.
0: I love that shift in thinking, right? To say, okay, what's the struggle the consumer is going through and not how do we help them get through that and explain to them that we're helping them get through that and not only just compete on price and saying, hey, if you want to get fit in your house, here are like the seven exercises we think you should do and the three supplements that'll help that. And we know that all of this stuff's going on. And now you're speaking to that consumer at a level where they go, oh, they get me. And it's getting out of the coupon like being a coupon dealer. right? And that's one of the things where I think some brands can get into trouble. When bodybuilding.com started, I remember back in the day, the forums being a, a massive component of that. And obviously the internet has evolved a bunch. I'm just wondering now from a channel perspective and such a strong community that you have at bodybuilding.com, has that community moved to different places, different networks, or has it really remained it's just strong on the site? How has that evolved over time?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Look, you got to think about community in a few different ways. So we'll start with the forum, right? The forum is still very active, incredibly active. We had, you know, one thing that I think has changed since maybe the company was born was ex- expectations around moderation and what you can say online and how you speak to other people. So one of the first things I did was bring in a moderation team and start just making sure that our forums are treating people with respect. And you know, it's amazing how quickly behavior changes when you do that. And it's changed really quick. And we're proud of that. But we also had a miscellaneous forum. That was nothing to do with sports, but people loved. That was where, we, unfortunately, you get some of the stuff you really aren't proud of. So we we took that now and basically said, if you've never used it before, you'll never see it again. It's gone, right? And, and that's something I would love. We're moderating that. If it gets to a place where I feel it's a safe place, we'll consider bringing it back. I know our consumers want it back. But the decision I made and our ownership support it was... If we lose some sales because we don't allow people say things, but we don't think they should be saying to each other, we don't want those sales. So we're pretty strong on that. So the forum is active, it's clean, it's a healthy place now, and we know we're looking at ways to evolve it technically to make it more engaging and have brands help people find things, etc. So, so that's a moving piece. When you think about community for us, our customer care team plays a big part of this. I mean, Porter Marshall, who runs customer care for us, is an incredible asset. He's built a wonderful team there, and I've been listening in on a lot of calls and talking to consumers myself. And you know, you talk about a digital business but if you just call us and say, here's the goal I'm trying to achieve, these guys know the industry inside out and they can help customers. So we think about community offline and online. So you got your forums and we can give advice in there. You got how you curate, but then you got how your customer care team engage with consumers. And then the final piece of it is, we have all these workouts in an app called BodyFit. How do you bring them to the core of what you're doing and get those people who are who are curating those those workouts to actually be engaging with consumers as well?
0: Yeah, I love that. It's interesting, right? That the community takes so many different avenues to come together. And two things I think are really important there that uh, other brands can learn from. One is if it's not something that's going to represent the brand, then it's good to kind of silo it or muffle it to some extent, like a a space where maybe the community isn't saying things that we want them to talk about. Okay, so we're not going to put the brand to be exposed to that. Two mentioning that there's a massive offline experience that people are having, right? They're coming, and they're getting your product. They want the workout, but then they still got to go in the gym at 5am and, and execute it. And and then they come out and they go, okay, where's now, where's my community? Where do I go to? Maybe the people in my life aren't it or aren't as into it as I am. So where do I find that outlet where I can ask people, hey, what's the best routine for, I'm training for this, you know, where can I get the help? And having that, you know, ounce of moderation within that, I think is so, so important. Now, when we look at the future lens, right, of bodybuilding.com, where do you, and with e-com, and we're looking at Facebook changing regulations with advertising, everything, where do you see the brand going from a e-com perspective? Is there a, a set course or is it, hey, we have a goal and we'll find our way there?
1: I think I was 21 when I wrote a thesis on, is strategy evolved or defined? And I said both right? You got to know where you're trying to get to, but then you got to listen along the way. For us, there's sort of three or four, I guess, facets to our business, but all revolve around the customer getting healthier and fitter and stronger, right? Number one is we have a private label brand, bodybuilding.com Signature. We're put a team against that. We're going to focus on innovation. They're working right now on bringing immunity and sort of your course implementation together into singular products. And as the world changes and people's needs change, continue to evolve that brand. So right now, I would say that brand is as good as most in the industry at a cheaper price, that's fine, but it's not that exciting. We're going to make it a thought leader in the industry and push the boundaries of supplementation whilst also being a slightly better price because we're vertically integrated. So that's one piece. Two is our fitness app, BodyFit. We have, I mean, we as a company have 700,000 pieces of content, right? It's incredible how much content has been created. There's definitely been years where the company may be over-invested in content, but great, we have that asset. And a lot of those are workouts, et cetera. So how do I get enough of those workouts free to consumers on this course site so that they can you don't have to pay money to get fit and healthy, but yet turn the app into a premium experience that's worth paying for so that I can monetize that content in a way that allows me to bring value to the rest of my business, right? Because what we want to do is democratize fitness. So if you've got a functioning, which we have app with good revenue streams and a private label brand that's doing well, now you're making a lot of money And then you've got advertising from from your content. You're making a lot of money before you've sold one product on your core e-com site, right? That allows us to continue to drive good customer experience and good value for consumers and not try to wreak every penny out of them. And we get to what I always say is we save the customer, not the sale, because we don't need that extra little cash off that sale. So the e-com platform becomes a service as opposed to the core of the business. It allows us to serve our customer better. So that's where we're headed. That said, as as you know, like we may find but by doing that, the e com business just starts growing like crazy because everybody loves how we're not trying to take the last dollar off them. And we may change course.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting to see, right? That mindset. And I love the save the customer, not the sale, because it really once you approach business like that, it changes the mindset to say, okay, I don't really care as much about the cost per conversion on this one thing. I care about what's the frequency. And more so, what's the velocity? How frequently are they purchasing? What's our average cart size? Two, when we do satisfaction surveys, are they happy? Are they getting more fit? Are we making people healthier, right? Like all of those kind of, which is great when you can see repeat purchase, you would think that people are using the product. They're not stacking up protein at home. I love all that. Now, for anybody who wants to go learn more obviously go ahead to bodybuilding.com but and is the app go and download that i'll put links to all of those in the show notes but if they want to follow along follow your journey carl or reach out or connect with you online is there a place that they should head to
1: yeah linkedin is the easiest place to find me i have a i'm a fairly private person so you're not going to find me spreading myself all over the internet but yeah a lot of people have reached out to me on linkedin i try to be as responsive as i can i'm sure people can imagine in my role i get a lot of um not so interesting correspondence. And uh, <laughs> and that, so if I'm slow getting back to people, it's because I'm sifting through it all, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, the 30 and 40 hot leads your way type emails. And uh, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> right. um, Carl, thank you so much for coming on. And everybody who's listening here, head over to bodybuilding.com. Check out their site. Uh, if you're into fitness like me, and I've been on the site probably hundreds of times in my life since I, I started working out. So I love what you all are doing over there. Thanks again so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. All right, everybody. That's it. And as always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. I'll catch you later. Oh.